Good evening. Not great evening. Not the best evening. Not even a very good evening. But good evening to you. I'm happy you are all here. And I am very disappointed about the Detroit Lions losing to the San Francisco 49ers last night. Absolutely heartbreaking. But the show must go on. We're going to be talking about that loss. Talking about if the Lions can run it back next year or did they miss their window? Same with the Baltimore Ravens. Did the Baltimore Ravens miss their shot? We've also got some coaching updates, especially on the Ravens and Lions coaches interviewing for head coaching positions. Got that. Got news around the NFL and more on player profiler today. And so, of course, we're going to start things off with the source of my heartbreak, the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions lose 34-31 to to the San Francisco 49ers after leading 24-7 to at half. They just can't get it done. And this is no fault to Jared Goff. Jared Goff, 273 yards, one touchdown pass, but that's because they had three rushing touchdowns, QB touchdowns. In one game, sample size is often skewed, especially when you're like Jared Goff and you hand it off close to the goal line or the red zone, though Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery were able to score from way out as well as Jamison Williams. But Goff played well. Goff put the Lions in position to go to the Super Bowl. And so did Dan Campbell. A lot of people want to criticize Dan Campbell for his decisions, and you absolutely can, and that is absolutely your right. However, I am not going to put this loss on Dan Campbell. You can't put this loss on any one player, one coach, one thing, one play. You just can't do it. My complaints about Dan Campbell would be, I actually would have gone for the touchdown right before half. Instead of going up 17, you try to go up 21. And I understand it. I I totally get why they did it. Go up three scores, play it safe or safer. And then people are upset. Well, if you didn't go for it on fourth down, then why are you going for it on fourth down later? And a large part of that is Lions did not trust their kicker. They didn't trust their kicker all year long. They had Riley Patterson and he lost the job to Michael Badgley, who they just didn't trust. And the Detroit Lions have been very, very successful going for it on fourth and three. They are about a 75% team on fourth and three. And Michael Badgley, for his career, is like a 50% kicker from that range. So I understand eschewing the field goal, because field goals are not automatic, not automatic, and going for it. I'm not going to blame this on Dan Campbell. There were so many other things. The Josh Reynolds drop on fourth down lines are going to the Super Bowl if he catches that. The Jameer Gibbs fumble was absolutely costly, absolutely heartbreaking. And so was just the magic of the Brandon Ayuk reception. And so the Detroit Lions, Sam Laporta, another great day, 97 yards from him. Amon Ross, St. Brown, seven for 87. And Jameson Williams is finally looking like a threat. Two touchdowns from Jamo. He runs for a 42-yard touchdown on a reverse, or not even a reverse, but just a straight handoff, but a jet sweep type thing. And then he scores the touchdown at the end of the game. The Lions needed to recover the onside kick in order to have a chance. They don't, but Jamison Williams catches another touchdown, and Jamison Williams is never going to have the best hands. We saw it. He struggled to track, dropped a potential touchdown, which could have put them back into contention earlier in the game, could have made it closer. 
Jamison Williams is on his way to a breakout, but the Lions desperately need a third receiver. Josh Reynolds has come up big at points, but 25 yards on four targets, one reception. That's not good enough. Sam Laporta, 97 yards. Monterey St. Brown, 87. That's great. Jamison Williams, 25 yards receiving. Throw in that 42. That's 67 yards from scrimmage from Jamison Williams. They just need another weapon to keep this going. And at the running back position, David Montgomery plays very well. Touchdown, 113 yards. Jameer Gibbs struggles a little bit more. 53 and a touchdown from him. But Dan Campbell is honest after the game, saying that this could be it. This could be the Lions' only shot. And honestly, kind of refreshing. Because you hear so often, oh, we'll be back next year. Oh, we'll be back next year. We'll be back next year for sure. That You know, we, we're, we're building. I thought that after the Indianapolis Colts lost to the New Orleans Saints. Pat McAfee talks about it all the time how he thought they were going to be back. He was a rookie. He thought this was just something. And the locker room knew. The Atlanta Falcons haven't been back since 28-3. And 28-3 is much more embarrassing than when losing when you're up 17. Much more embarrassing. Still, very traumatic, very frustrating. But I believe the Detroit Lions will be back out of all the teams left in the playoffs, the four teams that are left in the conference championship. The Lions have over $60 million in cap space, $60 million in cap space for 2024. Whereas the, let's see if I can find this. Did I save this picture? Ah, oh, it's looking like I did not. Oh, I sent it to my friends. That's what I did. That's where it is. One moment, if I can find that. So Lions, $61 million in cap space. The Chiefs, $24.8 million. That is also very good. But Lions have over double what the Chiefs have. Ravens have $5.6 million in cap space. The 49ers, $1.3 million in cap space. So the Lions have money to spend. They don't have that many free agents. They have Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, CJ, GJ. He is going to be out of there. Dan Campbell all but confirmed that in the post-game press conference. CD Deuce made it too much about him versus Debo Samuel and had a terrible game. Took penalties, couldn't tackle. So CJ, GJ, he's not going to be brought back. He's going to be on his way out. Graham Glasgow and Jonah Jackson, their two guards are free agents. I expect at least one of them back, if not both. But even so. Lions going to have a lot of money to spend in free agency, and they're going to give Jared Goff contract extension. He is going to get the bag, and that's actually going to make them have even more salary cap. That's the way it works. When you give a quarterback a new contract for the next two years, you're going to have more salary cap. Now, it's going to go up drastically after that, but the Lions are going to have even more money to play with. They can extend Panay Sewell. They're probably going to extend Amon Ross St. Brown as well. The Lions are going to have money to spend. They are going to be throwing money around. Who do they bring in? Hopefully another cornerback, maybe bring in someone alongside Aiden Hutchinson. There's also the draft, which Brad Holmes has been very good at. Now, again, if they have a wide receiver, if they have Jordan Addison or Jameer Gibbs or over Jameer Gibbs or Jackson Smith and Chigba or Zay Flowers, maybe not Zay Flowers after his performance, but the Lions win that game. If they have a true wide receiver too, instead of Josh Reynolds, I don't know. Very well could. As for the Detroit Lions, will they have Ben Johnson back? Well, it's starting to look a little bit more likely that he could return. And finally, for the Lions, I don't think this is over. And obviously, I am biased. And you can tell me to shove it. Tell me I'm biased. But it's not just me. Las Vegas agrees with me. Right now, the Lions are third in betting odds. The Detroit Lions, 7-1 to one odds. Only behind the 49ers at 6-1. to one, And the Chiefs at 11-2. to two. 
Ravens and Bills both at 12 to 1. The Lions more favored than either of those teams because the Lions have more money to spend. And the Lions are well ahead of schedule. So this sucks. This hurts right now as a Detroit Lions fan, but it's going to get better. There will be brighter days ahead. But before we get to the rest of the championship weekend and all the other news across the NFL, we've got a word from the pod father. Oh, I see it every day online, every single day. Hey, that looks like a great fantasy team in an eight-team league. Oh, wish I could be in a league with you, right? Well, guess what? Now you can respond with, sure, let's play on battle. That's the beauty of this platform. This new battle platform standardizes all position scoring. So you just load your team and you challenge your friend, your colleague, Twitter troll, and you can browse other teams and issue challenges. Battle is revolutionizing fantasy football. And with code UNDERWORLD, you get a $100 instant deposit match plus a free $10. So even if you deposit 20, you get 50. Think about that. So go to Betel.com, the code is UNDERWORLD. Betel.com, the code is UNDERWORLD. Or click a link in the description. It's fun to be right. Now, I know many of you are looking for a secret weapon for your Dynasty League, and I have it. It's called the Dynasty Dominator app. You go to the App Store, go to Google Play. It's right there. It's $5 to download, and then every year it's $5 to load the next incoming class of rookies. You can add Superflex, add tight end premium. It's incredible because it allows you to look up players. It allows you to vote on whether a player is a buy, hold, or sell, and then see the market sentiment on that player. And you can compare their lifetime value rating from Player Profiler to their Dynasty ADP at the FFPC, all in the price lookup tool. And beyond that, we have a trade analyzer. So you'll never lose another Dynasty trade again. And in our settings, you can set, this is a win now team, this is a rebuilding team. And then we let you compare players. Look at their metrics side by side. Prospect metrics, NFL metrics. It's all there. It's five bucks in the app store. There's some add-ons for Superflex and to buy the upcoming rookie class. Every year, you're going to spend $5 on this thing. And it's going to be well worth it. And we are back. I'm so disappointed that I forget to even put myself back in the show after a commercial break. But we move on. The San Francisco 49ers become the first team to ever come back from down 17 points in a conference championship game. Previously, teams down 17 were 0-21 when down 17 points at half. The 49ers are now the one. Brock Purdy goes for 267 yards. Also, some tactical scrambling as well, which has been the Achilles heel of the Detroit Lions all year long. Brock Purdy, one touchdown pass, one interception. The TD goes to Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk has the most amazing, most unlikely bounces off the defender's face mask. Ayuk could just catch the ball. And then scores a touchdown pretty much immediately after 68 yards on three grabs plus the touchdown. And then Debo Samuel, 89 yards on eight grabs for him. But as always, Christian McCaffrey, star of the show, 20 carries, four receptions, 132 yards and two touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey rushes for over 90 yards and he becomes the first running back to go for over 70 yards rushing against the Detroit Lions. Now they've given up over 100 yards rushing. To an individual player, but those were players were quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields were both able to move the ball on the Detroit Lions. But we continue on, and we will see what happens next year. The 49ers continue on and will meet the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl, a rematch from when Mahomes won his first Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes, by the way, this is his third time, or sorry, this is his fourth time 
in the Super Bowl in five years. He has the chance to win his third Super Bowl in five years, but this is his fourth appearance with that loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The only quarterbacks to beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. Tom Brady did it once with the New England Patriots. Tom Brady did it a second time in the Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the third is Joe Burrow when Joe Burrow beat Mahomes in the conference championship to go to the Super Bowl to lose ultimately to the Los Angeles Rams. But Mahomes, Mahomes is the GOAT already. It's clear. They're just You can't watch Patrick Mahomes highlights and Tom Brady highlights and say, but Brady's got the rings because Mahomes is going to have the rings soon enough. That's just a fact. Patrick Mahomes is going to have those rings and you want to watch these two players play football and it's a, it's a different game. Tom Brady played in a more hard-nosed era where Troy Polamalu, Ray Lewis were taking receivers heads off. I get that. But Patrick Mahomes is just such a special player who is also adding all of the hardware, all of the rings could very well be three rings. And I'm, I'm pulling for him because yeah, Patrick Mahomes does get frustrating. I was annoyed watching in the pregame him kick away Justin Tucker's kicking tee and Travis Kelsey moving his footballs, throwing his helmet. I, it was annoying, but at the same time, Kickers are allowed to warm up wherever they want on the whole field. Teams only get a certain portion of the field that they're allowed to warm up in. So, you know what? Justin Tucker was warming up in the designated Chiefs area. And now I want to side against Patrick Mahomes. Trust me, I do. But Justin Tucker was in the wrong there. And it shakes out. And Patrick Mahomes gets the win, 241 yards and a touchdown. Travis Kelsey needed seven receptions to break Jerry Rice's record of 151 receptions in the playoffs. Travis Kelsey had 11 receptions, plus the Super Bowl, plus next year, whatever Travis Kelsey adds in the playoffs. I, I'm not saying Travis Kelsey's going to retire. I do not believe that for a second. Travis Kelsey's going to keep this train rolling along. But yeah. 11 receptions breaks Jerry Rice's record behind Jerry Rice was Julian Edelman with 118. Jerry Rice had 151. Julian Edelman was second before Travis Kelsey came along with 118. Just absolutely insane. Jerry Rice has all these records that were made to never be broken. And Travis Kelsey just broke one. He already broke the most touchdowns in the playoffs too earlier this season. Earlier this playoffs, Travis Kelsey, the best playoff pass catcher in NFL history. That's a fact. You can't argue with that. He's literally beat Jerry Rice's records, and that's insane. So tip of the cap to Travis Kelsey. Sorry to everyone that's going to be crying about Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl, even though Taylor Swift is bringing in new eyes. Taylor Swift is bringing in revenue for the NFL. Taylor Swift is a good thing for football. Deal with it. But we've got Rashi Rice. He goes for 46 yards on the day, and he's the wide receiver, too, behind Travis Kelsey. But after that, like always, not a whole lot to go around. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, 38 yards, two receptions. Isaiah Pacheco has four receptions, 24 carries, 82 yards, and a touchdown. Kansas City Chiefs, just one of those days. And especially on defense, they dominate against Lamar Jackson. They are rushing the passer. They are forcing fumbles on Lamar, on Zay Flowers. And just Kansas City Chiefs are going to do it again. They're going to do it again. 
and it's insane. They're going to have to do it again without Joe Tooney, their left guard. He tore his pec, and no matter what story you read, the truth is Joe Tooney tore his pec. Now, some believe it's a torn pec, and this is according to NFL media. Now, others believe it's a strained pec. The definition of a strain is a tear. There's different severities of tears, but if it's a strain, it's a tear. And this really frustrates me about NFL media because I, I get it. You know, I, I my undergraduate degree is in kinesiology. So I have a background in sports science and injuries. I don't know everything. I am very much behind, especially on the actual injury front. But it's not that hard to just learn a strain and a sprain mean a tear. Because you talk about it multiple times every single week in the NFL media. A strain, a sprain, you're talking about it constantly. Those are tears. So just ah, the, the, the terminology of the NFL media does frustrate me sometimes. So either way, Joe Tooney, he has a strained pec, whether it's a grade three strain, which would mean it's fully torn, or a grade two strain, which means it's partially torn, and that partial is anywhere from like, 30 to 80% torn. We don't know. But either way, Joe Tooney is looking like a long shot to play in the Super Bowl, even with the bye week coming up ahead. And we'll see if Kansas City has it. Kadarius Tony either. Kadarius Tony missed this past game. He was ruled out with a hip injury, but also personal as he was there to see the birth of his firstborn child, a baby girl. But then Kadarius Tony, which I assume hours after his, his daughter was born. I don't know the exact timeline, but after his daughter's born, he goes live on Instagram to say he's not hurt, that the Chiefs can S his D. Oh, Kadarius Tony, what are you doing, man? Kadarius Tony's not going to be back with the Kansas City Chiefs next year. He's not. Kadarius Tony's supposed to be back at practice this week, according to Andy Reid. We'll see how that all plays out. But, man, Kadarius Tony just... Ah, what a, I want to say what a terrible trait, but do the Chiefs win the Super Bowl without Kadarius Tony making a play, catching a touchdown in the Super Bowl? I mean, probably Sky Moore also caught a touchdown in the Super Bowl, basically doing the same thing, but I don't know. Is the third round pick that the Chiefs gave up for Kadarius Tony worth it because they won the Super Bowl and he played a role, played a significant role in that Super Bowl? Because outside of that, if you dis if you if you're discounting just the fact that he, they win a Super Bowl, whether or not they win it without win or without him, Kadarius Tony's not worth the third round pick. But was that one individual act worth the Super Bowl? Very well, maybe. But anyways, final news and notes for the Kansas City Chiefs: They will be without Charles Omenahue, their edge rusher, tore his ACL during the game. Ah, poor Charles Amenahue, just devastating, especially this late in the season, going to impact him early next year as well. So he is going to miss the Super Bowl, probably going to miss week one. Just sucks to see, hate to see injuries in the NFL and hate to see Lamar Jackson struggle. 272 yards passing, doesn't do a whole lot on the ground either. Scores a touchdown, catches a pass as well from himself. It's batted up in the air. He catches it very physically impressive. Throws an interception. The interception was brutal. Throws in a triple coverage. He was just trying to make a play. I get it. But, oh, Lamar, just not what you wanted to see 
when the biggest criticism of Lamar Jackson is can he get it done in the playoffs? Not his best day. Even worse day from Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers fumbles. Taunting penalty puts them back. So maybe he doesn't even fumble if he doesn't get the taunting penalty because they're closer to the end zone. And Zay Flowers still 115 yards, five receptions. Zay Flowers still extremely, extremely special. Zay Flowers is going to be fantasy relevant for a very long time. You just can't have those kinds of plays from Zay Flowers. And then he's so mad, he smacks the bench, gets a cut on his finger. He just, he can't have it. But you also can't win a game as Lamar Jackson when you're getting nothing from anyone else. Mark Andrews, 115 yards, two receptions, 15 yards. Odell Beckham, 22 yards on three grabs. Isaiah Likely, 16 yards on two grabs. Just no one else outside of Zay Flowers stepping up and making plays. And the worst part of all, the lack of the run game. Because the Kansas City Chiefs, where they're success susceptible, is on the ground. Josh Allen showed it. James Cook showed it. You can beat, you can run on the Kansas City Chiefs. And for the running backs, they run five times. Lamar Jackson, I think, added another three or four. But five carries from the running backs. Gus Edwards, two carries, one reception, 16 yards. 6.7 yards per carry. When they did give Gus Edwards the ball, it was successful. When they threw the ball to Justice Hill, it was successful. Four receptions, three carries, 37 yards. He only had three yards rushing. So that's 34 yards receiving from Justice Hill. (sighs) Frustrating day all around. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens just didn't have it. And they lose to the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs going back to the Super Bowl. And what does this mean for the rest of the NFL? Because Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator of the Ravens, he's getting looks to become a head coach. Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions, he's getting looks to become a head coach. And it's going to kick off with the Seattle Seahawks. They are going to interview Mike McDonald tomorrow. And The Seahawks are honestly pretty happy that the Baltimore Ravens ended up missing the playoffs because if the Baltimore Ravens, sorry, not missing the playoffs, missing the Super Bowl, the Baltimore Ravens advanced to the Super Bowl, the Seahawks can't have an interview with Mike McDonald until after the Super Bowl because you have to get your first interview requests in. You have to have your first interviews done before the divisional round of the playoffs. If you have a first interview, Then after the wild card round, or not the wild card, after the championship round, that week, this bye week, you can have a second interview. But if you don't get that first interview in, you have to wait until after the Super Bowl. Now, it doesn't really matter. Mike McDonald and the Ravens are out. You can have an interview anytime, so they're going to interview him tomorrow. Ben Johnson also going to get a second interview with the Seahawks, but really seems like they're targeting a defensive guy. Dan Quinn still heavily in the running. They've also talked to the Raiders defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham. They've talked to a couple other defensive guys. The one there's two offensive guys still in the mix. Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator of the New York giants. He and Ben Johnson are the two that are still in play for the Seattle Seahawks, but everyone else is a defensive guy. And for the Washington commanders, everyone assumed, okay, it's going to be Ben Johnson, Ben Johnson. The commanders are waiting for Ben Johnson. They want to hire him. This is a slam dunk. We've heard this for quite a while now. Well, according to Adam Schefter, this is not a slam dunk. He's still in the running, and he still could get the job, but it's not so clear-cut because the commanders are still interested in Mike McDonald as well. 
They're going to be interested in Anthony Weaver, the defensive line coach of the Baltimore Ravens, working under Mike McDonald. They're also interested in Aaron Glenn. They're also interested in Dan Quinn. In fact, all five of those characters, so Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator of the Lions, Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator of the Lions, Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator of the Cowboys, Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator of the Ravens, and Anthony Weaver, the defensive line coach of the Ravens. They're all getting interviews today and tomorrow. Five interviews in two days, and they've already had second interviews with Bobby Slowick and Eric Bieniemy. So is Ben Johnson on his way out? Is he going to be the commander's next head coach? Very potentially, but Dan Quinn's still in contention for both jobs. The Seahawks could still want Ben Johnson, but it's anything but settled. It is still wide open. We don't know how this is going to shake out, but stay tuned. Player Profiler today is going to have you updated. And make sure you subscribe to the Player Profiler news channel on YouTube as well. This show is going to be coming to you live from the Player Profiler today. Or sorry, sorry, Player Profiler news channel. Player Profiler today will be on the Player Profiler news channel. It's going to be coming back to seven days a week as now. Part with me. I'm going to be here for three days a week, but... We're going to have some other great hosts, so make sure you go and subscribe to that news channel if you want to keep seeing this show. We're still going to be on here for a while, but make sure you follow so you can see it there as well. Final piece of news that we're looking at today, though. Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, the Saints wide receiver, has come out and said that Derek Carr is the reason he got hurt. That Derek Carr threw a bad ball, and that's why Michael Thomas' season ended. Michael Thomas also says that no offensive coordinator wants to take the Saints job. That's why they haven't been able to hire anyone to this point. So looks like Michael Thomas isn't going to be a Saint in a couple months. He was already set to pretty much be a free agent. The way it worked out was he could have his contract voided and it'll take a big cap hit, or they could work together and extend him and push it down the road long term. That's not going to happen. So Michael Thomas, where is he going to play in 2024? Is he going to sign with the Kansas City Chiefs? And are they finally going to have a wide receiver room around Patrick Mahomes again? Well, stay tuned because we're going to cover all of that all offseason long. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.